Hello and welcome to our podcast. I'm Kit. I'm Lucy. So in this episode, which is number five, I uh, do a kind of a tell and a show about spy animals. And I do kind of a show and kind of a tell about the preauricular sinus, a.k.a. a human gill. Weird little hole. <laughs> Weird little ear, ear jam hole. Extra ear buddy. Oh, it's my little ear, it's my little ear pal. Ugh. Ears don't need pals. <laughs> so, what have you brought this week? So, it's kind of a show and a tell. Uh, I'm easing myself into a full-on show. Because <laughs> um, I've, got, I've got photographs, but they're mostly photographs of text. So, it's just mostly me telling you what... <laughs> the words in the photograph say there is another bonus photograph that, that doesn't have any writing in which you're gonna love is that a treat is that a treat for later yeah that's a treat for later um so my tell slash show um as you know this or last week i was in berlin and i went to the german spy museum which was pretty good uh the probably we didn't actually do the best bit which was you can you can do those you know where there's like laser beams and you have to what? wiggle around them um but why not because uh, tim didn't really want to do them oh and I, what a whiner. I, I wasn't I... prepared to go and do it by myself with all the screaming children i get that it was his special birthday day yeah but at the same time he should have done that if if it hadn't have been birthday weekend, I might have thrown thrown a paddy and <laughs> and uh, insisted, but because That's I was outrageous. being outrageous, I was being on my best behaviour. That's like uh, whenever I go to the Leicestershire, the National Space Museum in oh. Leicester, I always make everyone do the astronaut test, which is a series of children level science experiments. The outcome of which decides what position you would hold on a spaceship and then you get given a badge you have to pay for a badge and always make everyone do it i is it offensive that i'm pretty sure that you've got all the questions memorized to so you know which ones to answer so you get your preferred space profession and you do that every time i actually don't every time i really want to be an astronaut i really want to be the pilot but and you're gonna understand Every time, without fail, I get life support officer. <laughs> what does that even mean? I think I'm the one in charge of like oxygen levels and like, like CO2 so things. You're a space doctor then? I'm a, kind of a, no, it's more like engineering based where you check in that the systems on the ship is the most vital position, but you check in the systems on the ship to make sure everything's managed. And I get why. But, like, I should never... (laughs) (laughs) I actually think that's more like a space nurse, because that's more like what nurses do. I think you're thinking more of patients. This is like a... This is like you're a doctor to the the station itself, rather than... Nurse to the spaceship. I like that idea. You can do that. 
No, but, I would. But, you've sold it to me, actually. As long can... as I get a little, like, hat, poke, like a Nurse Joy Pokemon hat. I was just about to say that. You look so good <laughs> in one of those little hats with the little cross on it. Yeah. yeah. But instead of a cross, it could be, like, the NASA symbol. Yes. Do that. Right. Right, that's my career. Daily career advice. <laughs> sorted. A, day, a job a day. Um, anyway, so, though, stop. Stop looking oh. at my facts. <laughs> that was <laughs> Copy an accident. Cat. That was an accident. Hey, copycat, that's, uh, that's a good link. Because my first fact is about a cat. So in the spy museum, they had like different sections. And a lot of the sections had a lot of writing in, um, which I, most of them I read like two sentences and then kind of got bored and moved on. <laughs> But there was one particular section which was like spy animals and I, I gobbled that up. I read every <laughs> single word and I loved it. Yeah, that minute section sounds built for you. It was great. Um and they they had which you'll see on when I show you the photos, which is it's, my show. It's getting a lot of ramp up that, that photo. <laughs> no, it's uh, no like they they had the illustrations on some of the uh, the text and the illustrations were quite funny as well. But anyway, so copycat. My first fact is about a spy cat um, who served in the CIA called Acoustic Kitty. I don't know if you might have heard about this already because no. you know about spies. <laughs> but I, I actually don't know that much about spies. I like, you just I love like them. Yeah, I love spies, but I'm not a massive spy buff. Not like mysteries or aliens or whatever. Oh, I'm well, I'm surprised but pleased at that. So, uh, yeah, Acoustic Kitty was <laughs> um, an actual cat. Acoustic Kitty is a good name, but I'm still not sure it's better than Bonoffy Bogleston. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's an actual cat name of somebody that we kind of know. Yeah, that's Sorry. my favourite. Apart from a, on t on a t rubbish TV show, I once saw somebody had a cat called Chairman Meow, which I thought was quite funny. Nice. Um But yeah, so Acoustic Kitty was a real cat that they the CIA operated on and fit, <laughs> fitted her with microphones, antenna and batteries no so that she could go and spy uh, she was supposed it said on the wall in the spy museum i quote her assignment was to slink nonchalantly around statesmen eavesdropping on them so they yeah they where like, did they put all that they chopped her open this cat and it shows you on the picture of like i think that there was some. They put something at the base of her skull. I think they put microphones inside her ears, and I read when I was like looking it up online, and I read somewhere a quote that said her tail was and they made her tail into an antenna. But that I don't, seems too obvious. I don't think it? that's true because it didn't say that in the spy museum. And I'm I'm thinking if you're gonna put something on a wall in a museum, you do fact checking first. Yeah. Also. Also, like with the the tails are really sensitive, so I feel like if they put a hard object in there, it would like <laughs> that would look really weird if there was a cat wandering yeah. around that just had a perfectly straight well, like you... vertical tail. Yeah, that would no, be think... that'd that suspicion. would be that would be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine when it sat down, it'd just be like sticking out at a weird angle. Yeah, that's 
feels like something a cartoon did. <laughs> Even though, like, I still don't get when you say that they put it inside it, they chopped open the cat and mm. put it inside, like, its stomach or whatever? They operated on this cat and, like... Yeah, but where did they fit it? Because back in the day, they surely they were pretty big. Huge. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they were... Well, I'll show you on the... Uh, on the picture afterwards. Another ramp up for yeah, this picture. Can't wait. For this incredible it's picture. It's such a great illustration. Um, but yeah, they. I think, as I said, I think the microphones were inside her ears and the, uh, I, th- I don't know if it was the battery, something was at, like at the base of her skull. And then I think they said something about a wire in her fur. So I don't know if she had really long fur or so it was like a long haired cat maybe. Oh, like one of the squish faced cats. Maybe. I don't think it was, but I like I like In my to head, think yeah. it might have been. I feel like it needs to be a chunky a big old chunky yeah. cat, doesn't it, to pull that off. Uh, do you know what? I'm pretty sure it wasn't one of those hairless cats. Because <laughs> <laughs> what you'd be like, why has that cat got like like Lumps. Sur- surgical scars all over it, <laughs> and like just a square <laughs> yeah. box off and, the side. And why is there a wire running along its back? <laughs> oh no! Um, yeah, so acoustic kitty, um, she that didn't last very long. Um, even though they, well, in the spy museum, it said that she cost fifteen million dollars. And this was back in the day. I think it was like in the, maybe in the Cold War. So that it oh, so it wasn't like converted. It, it was flat up that. I don't know, but it said fifteen million dollars anyway. Um, online, it said ranging between ten and twenty. So we'll I would, go with fifteen. I would just like to say that this level, this double layer of fact checking and researching from you is unknown and you um, must have really loved this cat that you, <laughs> that you both went you went to a museum and then you did a google <laughs> you did, that's inc- that's incredible that's a whole new level of <laughs> dedication <excitement>. to the, <laughs> dedication to truth and this podcast yeah so uh, i did look it up but i'm sticking with the museum figure of 15 million dollars yeah. Um, so it was a pretty pricey project. Did it work? Well, <laughs> no. No, it didn't. Because, apparently, uh, <laughs> it was quickly abandoned because they... they re- so online, it tells me, and I think this might be kind of like a dramatised version, <laughs> but it... <laughs> so they released... They, they went in, into a van near some people that they wanted to eavesdrop on and like release the cat out of the van while they sat inside with the listening equipment and then when the the cat was like crossing the road and it got run over by a taxi oh my god so the 15 million dollar cat oh, was no more like, well pretty much straight away yeah and that's what the museum said that that it got run over by a taxi but online somewhere it said that um, it was assassinated. That she lived happily ever after. Can't it be both? Can't she both have been run over in the line of duty, but after <laughs> extensive rehabilitation and a new cover identity? What they made live. her into like a, a Frankenstein's monster cat? Oh, no, I was just thinking like a 
you can just have like a nubbin cat. Yeah. I like to believe that she lived happily ever after. I mean, they, that happened with uh, the. Remember the dog the in the war? They trained dogs to. They strapped bombs to dogs and then they trained them to run under tanks. But the only tanks they had to train the dogs with were their own. I can't oh, remember. No. I think it, I want to say it was either us or France did this. And uh, so when it went out into the field, the dogs, instead of running for the German tanks, uh, just ran, ran back. Oh, so nobody was a winner. So fully... apart from the Germans <laughs> and the dogs, the dogs didn't have to be kamikaze bombers. Oh, did they not get blown up? Well, I mean, they didn't get blown up because the plan didn't work because they couldn't train the dogs. So I'm saying they won. They won because I thought they the plan were... failed. I was thinking that they had the bombs had like timers on them. <laughs> you thought the dogs went... put the bombs no, with I their th- little no, paws? No, no. no, I thought that they were like they would like strap this bomb on and then like press a red button and the timer would start going and they'd be like, Shoo, go run under the tank and then they'd run under the wrong one and just stay there. And then blow up the the wrong tank. Yeah, but that only has to happen a cu- like once before you like. Why did the dog do that? And then stop <laughs> using the dogs. Oh, those poor sacrifice dogs. Yeah. All these poor animals that are getting. Well, there's lots why there's war memorials for animals. They get remembered. That's true. <laughs> so, as on the animal spy wall, there was a di- there was a few other animals as well. Um, Another <laughs> pigeon strike again in my fact repertoire. Apparently, during World War One, pigeons <laughs> pigeons were wrapped in fabric and dropped above spies with small parachutes. And then the agents unwrapped the pigeons and attached their encoded messages to the pigeons. And then, because the pigeons are really smart, they just flew back to home and carried the message but the bit that i liked was the thought of that these little pigeons getting wrapped up in like in fabric and then dropped with a little parachute i love that that's one of my i knew that fact already did you yeah because oh. it's one of my favorite war things is them getting parachuted. Oh. <laughs> parachute pigeons oh yeah they're so cute i really hope that we don't need to because we don't have homing pigeons don't exist anymore do they do they not? Like the messenger ones that they used. Oh, I didn't know that. But yeah, like the because because we didn't need them anymore. They they just died out. Like I'm assuming that surely we could we could probably retrain them. But there's like a subspecies that oh, that feel... we specifically used for messages that. I feel bad that they just like went obsolete. <laughs> that feels <laughs> they like got, they got a technology upgrade. Yeah, it feels like something that shouldn't happen to. An animal species. Like, pigeons are really cool. I just remembered a pigeon fact, that pigeons are really cool, in that they, uh, like, if you get a wild pigeon, it can be domesticated in, like, two generations. Whoa. They're really good for uh, scientists testing how, like, genetics are passed on. They're well smart, aren't they, pigeons? Mm. And they're they're smart little cookies. I love a good pigeon. (laughs) Do you ever, ever had pigeon pie? No. It's good. I don't think I've ever eaten pigeon, actually. You can get it in a lot of pubs around around here, and they always come with the same sign that says, like, oh, there's, there might be bullets in it. <laughs> oh. 
That sounds bad for your teeth. Yeah, it is. I've had one. What, a bullet or a pigeon? Both. Both. Last fact from the animal spy wall. It's a short one, but I like it. Uh, You might know this as well. Don't know. Let's see. Bees. Bees are smart as well, and they've got they're really good at smelling, and apparently they can be trained in a matter of two to three hours to sniff out hidden bombs. What? I did not know that. Yeah, and it showed. I didn't even realize that they were. I don't know why. I just assumed that they used something, some mystical bee sense to sense where like flowers and stuff were. I, don't I know. thought they were just like getting lucky <laughs> you know because they're like they, no, they live in fields like there's flowers around if you fly around for I'm long not, enough see i i knew that that it, that wasn't the case because uh there's a thing programmers have like one of their training exercises is called the salesman problem where uh we can't at the moment like you see this with lifts how what is the fastest route for a lift to get from floor one to six if somebody presses like three in between do they go straight to six and then come back to three or like it's that algorithm of how do you go how do you do a route in the most economical way possible that we struggle to program computers to find that route better than a bee can oh bees are clever as well yeah bees can figure out the most direct route to like all the flowers they plan to visit that's well good they should be. Uh, they should. They should rope bees in on the sat nav business. Yeah, yeah. That's a. Sorry, that was probably a more obvious example than a lift. A lift. <laughs> <laughs> it's I because I think about it all the time when I'm in a lift because they're so annoying. They're really I bad. I want the answer. You you left me hanging there. <laughs> what? what is the What is the best way to get there the fastest <laughs> when somebody get, wants to get off at three? No, somebody wants to get on at three and the lift is needs to go starts at one and goes to six. I I just came off that off the cuff, but like that's because oh. I that's all I'm thinking. If I'm in a lift, that's all I'm thinking about is how <laughs> much lifts are bad at figuring that out Algorithm. and how much wasted time people spend in lifts. So I just showed you that <laughs> the photograph of the spy walnut. I, I, I think you expected me to have strong negative feelings about this walnut, but I think that's the most logical use for a walnut is to get a walnut, take the nut, throw the nut in a bin, and then use that walnut to spy on people. Pretty sure they just ate the nut and then used the shell for spying. Agree to disagree. <laughs> um, there were some of the spy objects, like the walnut was a quite an ingenious one. Um, but some of them were a bit rubbish. Like there was this coin where it was like coin with hidden blade, but it was just a coin with like a blade stuck to the side. It wasn't <laughs> hidden at all. It kind of was on a hinge, so it kind of was flush with the face of the coin and then hinged down. Right. But to look at it, you're like, that's not an om- there's something weird about that coin. If you or anyone else wants to see more examples of spies putting things in other things in order to spy on people or do (laughs) espionage work, everyone should go out and download or buy legitimately the TV series Danger Man. Buy legitimately. 
<laughs> because yes, absolutely. Because Patrick McGowan is one is the best. In the very first, I'll give you this cheeky taster. The very first episode, he smuggles a gun into Germany by baking it into a loaf of bread. But then immediately, within five minutes of going through the crossing, he takes it out of the bread and then just leaves it open in his car <laughs> and I, is discovered. Uh, I'd like to see, hear what what um, what a baker would have to say about that because surely how hot a gun would get in the <laughs> oven would have some effect on like the rising cage of the bread. I'm pretty sure a gun is definitely sinking to the bottom. You know, it doesn't matter how oh, much... Oh no, how... that was a fluffy loaf. That, <laughs> those gun parts were well well in that bread, that I... beautifully risen loaf. See, I don't believe that, that that could be real because if you're telling me that if you don't coat raisins in flour before you put them into a, a cake batter, then they're going to sink to the bottom. But a gun, enough flour on a gun and it'll stay perfectly central in the loaf. I think not. So mine is also a, th- a show that's probably more of a tell. This one is also inspired by your 2017 decisions to get piercings. You pierced, you pierced your nose and you pierced your ear. Yeah. Uh, so I, I got told about this one. Um, this was passed on by a friend and it reminded me of you. Is this going to freak me out and make me want to rip this No, no, it's not. Immediately. I mean, it only reminded me of you when I was like checking it, because I've got a a spreadsheet of all the facts that I gather (laughs) (laughs) so that I don't have to panic. That seems somewhat at odds with the rambling nature (laughs) of this thing. Like, all of the the tiny little fact nuggets in every sentence (laughs) are on the spreadsheet somewhere. I want you to think if this is how rambling and incoherent I am when I've, <laughs> when I've prepared imagine what my day-to-day life is oh. when I don't don't do these extents I dread to think I am um, I, I feel better now though because maybe that's why you're so much more proficient at remembering and like regurgitating <laughs> facts to me because I don't keep my facts on the spreadsheet I keep them in my brain for two minutes and then they're gone. Yeah. Maybe if I type them up in those two minutes. I think that's true. Into and Excel. It's repetition as well. Like, I talk a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, my first response to being told anything interesting is to find another person <laughs> and tell them about it so they can be interested too. So you just need to repeat it over and over again. I like the idea of you at a party when somebody tells you a fun fact and you're like, okay, bye. And then you just go and say, like, here's something I know. Like, looking over at that other person. Like... That's happened before. I've left a conversation to go tell <laughs> somebody else something interesting i've heard because i just i just can't i can't deal with it can't deal with excitement or <laughs> can't keep them facts in. i can't i can't keep them facts in i get all worked up so this fact today is that humans certain humans have something called a pre-auricular sinus Ooh. now that what they <laughs> The pre preauricular sinus, as I'm about to show you in this picture, which I assume you just oh, got a glance at. That's gross. They think it's a sinus holdover from when humans had gills. So, but, basically, the people that have got them little ear 
extra ear holes. Yeah, would you like to describe what the ear holes look like? Ooh. Right, on the bit of your ear that attaches your ear to your head, on, on like, the top part of that probably would be the best way, like, the uppermost bit of your ear that is also attached to your head at the front. <laughs> Am I right? Uh, I think, like, I think it can be there, but it's it's anywhere... It, it can form anywhere that your cartilage attaches to the uh, the main hole, ear hole, whatever. Ear hole. Yeah, and it like it doesn't it doesn't it's called a sinus, but it doesn't go anywhere. All it does is exist and sometimes get infected. I was gonna say that's a that's a perfect place for little germs to hang out. <laughs> the main thing that comes up is the the mirror quoting the Business Insider magazine quoting other people talking about it. Is that how it says a quote and then just says other people? <laughs> Various other individuals. Um, so you can you can get it removed and... Uh, how can they remove it? Do they not just plug it up? Put some polyfiller in there? Um, I think that they go in... From what I've seen, the people who've had the operation to remove it, they have like a almost... It's almost like a circle around the. It must. It must be quite like deep in. Oh. It must have to go in there to remove it completely, but that only happens if it keeps getting infected. But what I liked about the the mirror said uh, said. But so you don't need to worry if you've got this. It's essentially just a free piercing hole, and then in brackets <laughs> and in larger font in bold, like the editor had gone in and it said. Do not put jewellery in the preauricular sinus. Please don't stick junk down your <laughs> yeah. down your extra little hole. Yeah, not like, even a daisy because like, that'd look quite cute. You know when you sometimes when you pick a flower and you like shove it behind your ear, you could do that, but it would keep it in place if you just shoved it. Oh, that would surely be picked because it would be like putting something into your belly button where it feels a bit weird. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the only person who's when not you when you were a kid. I'm not talking like as a hobby. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying like what will I put in my belly button? I'm saying today? as a I'm saying like as a child, you haven't gone. Oh, this is my belly button. <laughs> is that on your spreadsheet as well? <laughs> Stuff I've put in my belly button before. <laughs> Wednesday, Lego guy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, not your Lego guy. <laughs> oh, um, I don't think I've ever put anything in my belly button apart from my finger. Did that not feel weird? No. I I don't know whether it could be obviously a, a fat person thing because I've got a <laughs> well, I've got a my belly button is like different, isn't it? Well, my belly button's really it's... weird, like freakishly deep. Like I can get down to like my top knuckle. <sighs> See, I had it's to really deep. I have to, I have to stop because it feels weird. I'm not. I don't know how deep my belly button is because I've never wanted to. See, you. You never touched the back. No. See, you have. You yeah. With my, I said you, I'm with my finger. No, you, but I don't poke other just objects you, in there. I'm not talking. You. You tried to play this cool like it, I was a weird belly button fixator. No, but I. But the just, truth is coming out that if anything, I've got a belly button phobia <laughs> compared to you just plugging your finger. No, I, because I still had the picture of the flower in the ear hole. 
in my mind. I was just thinking that you're poking like rose stem stems. <laughs> oh, no. Don't do that because they've got spikes on. Yeah, absolutely. You'll get an that's, infection that, for sure. And that's the stupidest thing to get admitted to hospital for. <laughs> I mean, it's probably not, but. The, I feel you, like you'd look stupid, but they would have seen worse. I know, I but I, I feel like I feel like if it was you know, like a butt thing, at least yeah. it's like a sexual thing. Those this two... is just being an idiot. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, actually. You're not getting anything out yeah. of putting a rose <laughs> in your belly button. Hey, fun story. Another fun story. <laughs> Somebody that I was that I know from primary school that I grew up with. And I think this is a quite a common thing that kids do, but he uh, he stuck a crayon up his nose, um, a wax crayon, and it got stuck there because it wasn't a full one. It was like you know when you've been there, they were school ones, so they've been used for ages. Yeah. And it was more like a kind of a, is this like an inch? Probably like a. Well, that's like two like inches. A couple of in. No, maybe it was just an inch then. But like a a bit of wax crayon, still sizable than no crayon. <laughs> he rammed it up his nose, and then like the nurses at school couldn't get it out, so he had to go to A and E to get the get it extracted. <laughs> so the gill, the gill, as I'm gonna I'm gonna the call gill. it, Ooh. is it, it, it. I don't really have very many fun facts. I've only got three fun facts that I've um, burnt through two of them related to it. But the the third one is that uh, we have the by country the almost lowest level of gill occurrence. The only other country that has a lower gill occurrence is the United States. White people do not get gills, so the highest occurrence is uh, Asia and Africa, where four to ten percent of people may be affected, whereas in the UK. It's just under one percent, and in the US, it's even lower than four to ten percent. Seems quite high. Yeah. Like that means, in theory, like one in ten. What? What is it? I'm not good at maths. I. It's low. We've tried anyway. this. Yeah, we've tried this before. before. <laughs> uh, that's loads of people. <laughs> it is. Lo- it is. It's. It's enough that like you could. You could definitely, see, whereas like under one percent, we're probably not going to meet somebody that we see it with. But you could, you're almost, you're you're probably going to see someone, aren't you? That's got a, that's got a gill, gill uh, remnant. You probably wouldn't even notice because like you think no, it was a normal thing. Well, no, I mean because I'm not like looking at people's ears that much. No, that's true. You might have a secret hole, and I wouldn't <laughs> even realise. But like you would, as a kid, you'd surely be like, "What's this?" What's this thing here? What, and poke your finger in it? Yeah, uh, kids do that, don't they? And I don't know as well, like, whether it, it occurs just in one ear or if it's like a sim... You know, because you develop symmetrically, oh, yeah. don't you? I'll just, I, I like, I prefer the idea of it being in both sides. Mm. Yeah, like it was intent... Because it seems more intentional rather than just a random mutation, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. I can't decide whether I think it's really cool or really, really terrible. I didn't really, it doesn't bother me the thought of it, of having like an extra hole, but it's just like, it's so <laughs> little, I'm just worried about things getting it, like, getting like caught in there and then... Caught? Like, like maybe, what if, 
I was going to say, what if an ant crawled down it? But what if an ant crawled down your actual ear? That wouldn't be good, would it? I think because you, you see, I've I've got a friend who worries about that often, and I, so I'm I've I now I'm never going to worry about it because I've talked him down so much about his weird insect phobia. That is not a characteristic behaviour of an ant <laughs> to crawl in your ear or your gill. All right, maybe not an ant then, like a crumb. I'm just thinking it's, no, such, I, no, a, that's why it's it... such a little hole that if something went in there, there's like no way of really getting it back out yeah, again it, without mean, like operating on it because I mean, it's like, too small and it like just an... get plugged up straight away. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. And that's why I think that when you Google this, preauricular sinus, most of the pictures are of infected ones. Ugh. Yeah, they're pretty grody. Pretty grody. I think kids, it, obviously, when you're a kid, I think, and once it's been infected, once it's probably, you get... And you keep putting sand, pieces of sand tiny, in there. Tiny grains of sand, just filling it in. It'd be like, uh, you know, on a snooker table where you can see all the balls lined up in that in the holding area. Oh, yeah. It'd be like that, but just oh, a load of no. sand particles, like, like one after visual. the other. I really like that visual, though. Yeah. Uh, maybe if you pressed it right, you'd shoot them all back out again. Or, like, peas in a pod. You couldn't get peas stuck in it. It's not big enough. You think you could make them... No, why would you make them bigger? Why would you make that hole bigger? You no, because then it. you could get even more things stuck in there. I just wonder whether it could be harnessed for good instead of... Instead of infections. I I like the flower idea still. And I can't... I wasn't able to find out why it's referred to as a sinus. Uh, Either. Because it's obviously not a... I mean, I thought a sinus was like a system. I don't know what what the definition of a sinus is. Maybe it's just like a tube inside you. It could be. I mean, it could be true because when you say I'm bunged up in my sinuses, you're pretty much just referring to the tubes that connect them, aren't you? uh, It's you in... In in head in, 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 in head plumbing, <laughs> in head plumbing, <laughs> aka sinuses. Nice. And that's why I'm not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why uh, I'm not a doctor. I'm a space station nurse. <laughs> oh yeah, with a tiny hat on. <laughs> so, I've run out of spy animal facts now. Have you got any more sinus I, facts? I had very few sinus facts to begin with, so I'll affirm yes. Right then, let's call it a day. Bye! Bye. Can you bully a dead person? Okay, He's this probably, took a dark turn. He probably isn't dead, but I was just meaning, you know. It, sounded, it feels like you kind of wanted him to be dead so that nobody would call you a bully. I don't want him to be dead. <laughs> that's well extreme, yeah, isn't that's it? Yeah, what like, I'm saying. I'm so Talk bothered of... about seeming like a bully that I'd rather he was dead. <laughs>